0: Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here. I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. 40 Strategy inspires leaders. And individuals to grow their companies from startup to 40 million and beyond by designing world-class strategic plans and help keeping them accountable to actually get it done. Go to 40strategy.com to learn more. Well, our guest today is Steven Pemberton. He is a kingdom-led entrepreneur who has generated over $3 million in revenue on e-commerce platforms. His mess is his message. He has a journey from losing everything in 2015 to becoming a seven-figure business owner, continuing to aspire as others on a daily basis. He now helps coaches, business leaders get in front of their ideal customers to accelerate their impact through a system called challenges. Stephen had, when we were doing our prep conversation, it, I was wowed by his real challenges that he's had in his life and real authenticity. And so with that, I'm excited to be able to share with you, Stephen Pemberton. Stephen, welcome to the Medjugorje Podcast.
1: Thank you so so much for having me, Carl. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to, to share what I've walked through because I think that there really is power in seeing how you can be a normal person going through normal life and being able to experience extraordinary results just by continuing to push through the trials and tribulations that most people stop.
0: Steven, what one of the things that once again intrigued me by we we get these opportunities to have well-known CEOs of, of uh, extraordinarily large organizations, companies in different areas, world record holders. But some of our best podcasts have actually been with people like yourself. What I'd call, and I mean this in, 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 in as authentic and genuine way as possible, who who are, I'd like to say ordinary human beings that that most people can relate to. And 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 you, but you've taken that risk, you've taken that leap of faith to try to become an entrepreneur. So, so that's one of the things that really intrigued me about your story. It's a very authentic, it's a very genuine, it's a very interesting story. And it's like, holy cow, you did it. You kept on trying, despite when you're kicked in the you know, kicked while yes. you were down, right? You kept on coming back up. So, first of all, tell us more about your core business today. You know, what are you doing to help make a difference? today, provide a little bit more detail than beyond
1: what the bio I just described. So for us, what we do now is currently we're helping thought leaders, business owners, accelerate their impact. And what I mean by that is we use this marketing strategy called Challenges in a nutshell. It's basically where you have a Facebook group that you congregate all your people in, you add massive value for three to five days, and then you do an offer drop. And with that offer drop it's much we've seen higher conversion rates because of the value added and for us why that's so important is for us when we went from losing everything seven figure entrepreneur once you once we made the money we realized it wasn't really about the money it was about the impact so we wanted to partner with people who were making an impact and just help them grow their impact and that's basically in a nutshell of what we do now and we've just found that that has been the best way to not only increase revenue increase sales but also increase Impact in the way that people, the customers, the clients actually receive it, and how they grow in their own lives.
0: So I'm curious, how did you find that formula? You know how how did you how did you realize it? It takes this gathering to get people, and then it's like you have to do quote unquote this offer drop. You know what what led you to that insight that that works?
1: So great question because. The way that we figured that out, because you wouldn't think that that is was what you would figure out doing e-commerce because e-commerce, you're just selling products. So you would never see my face to sell a product unless I was a brand, which I'm not. You didn't know me before this, so you know that I'm not a brand, <laughs> which means that how did we come to that conclusion is we actually found somebody who was doing it at a very high level and we saw how they were doing it. And what we did is we just emulated. So a lot of things that people miss when they go into business is you don't have to invest a ton of money to be able to, to get started and to start moving in the direction you wanna go. For us, we modeled. So with this person, we saw what they were doing and it was very simple. It's exactly what I just told you. They make a Facebook group, they get people into the Facebook group, either through email list, their friends list, through paid marketing, whatever it may be. And then they just go live into that group for three to five days, typically 45 minutes to an hour and they add real value. And it's not teaching them anything. It's more how to help them move down the road, how to help them achieve their next step. And by doing that, what I've seen even through this podcast is you're listening to it. to those that are listening is you're going to get real value from it. So if we were providing real value to you on the same level every single day, you'd be much more likely to say, "Okay, I trust them that no like and trust factor is going to be there. And so on that last day, when I say, hey, if this sounds good to you, if I've given you value, if I'm actually helping you make practical steps in your business, in your life, then if you want to go further faster, then you can join me here. But even if you don't want to, I, I want to honor you for even being here. So I want to give you something for free or whatever it may be, but you want to provide real value. So that way, this is our, our view on it is we want to provide so much value that those people can go away and start making money now, because it really is about helping people at the end of the day, the more people that we can help become successful the community that you can build will in turn help you in the future. And so that's how we came to that overall conclusion.
0: That's great. And how long, I was kind of curious, how long in your process, you know, did it take you to figure out, is it, is it three days, is it four days, is it five days? Should it be two weeks? You know, because I'm sure you try to do it just like a day one time. I was like, oh man, that wasn't, that wasn't, we didn't create trust yes. enough, right? You know, so what is it about three or four days? Is that the difference of of where value is perceived and created? Or is Great there an question. optimum, is there an optimum
1: to that? I would say, so yes. So there's, there's actually somebody right now that they're running a 31 day challenge where they're going live every single day. And typically you're not going to see the returns on that as if you were doing a, even at the most a seven day challenge, three, three days is the minimum that we've seen where it actually is going to create no lack and trust. Because a lot of times you'll see people, they'll talk about webinars and webinars are great, but they're not live. And what I mean by that is it's recorded. You don't know how many times they recorded that to get the content constructed in a way where it really impacts the listener. But when you're actually going live and you're sharing live and you're giving things away, like maybe a study guide or whatever it may be, and you're there and it's practical. Hey, I see I see you in the comments, Carl. Thank you so much for being here today. When you start doing that, when you're calling people out from the crowd, all of a sudden they're going to know, like, and trust you like, wow, this person just took time out of his day to thank me for being here. And that's where I've seen that over that three day span. At the minimum three days, that's where people really know, like, and trust you because they're going to get to know you more than just one day. Even the same is in a practical sense for me is if I even off this podcast, is I'm gonna to get to know you to a certain extent. But if I was on this podcast with you for the next three days or the next five days, and we spend an hour together, I would know you much more and I would trust you much more because I would learn not only this your background, which I could learn day one, but by the end of day three or even by the end of day five. I would know what are you really made of? Who are you as a person on a personal level? So I can know you on a personal level. And on the business side, what have you done? How could how could you help me? And in turn, how could I help you?
0: When you go through this process, and let's let's just keep the number simple. Let's let's say you had a hundred people that were, and I know there's different offers of different products and different services. So, yeah. so this is a little bit hard, but what is your experience of let's say you have. A hundred people go through, you know, one of these experiences, right? Where they're gaining trust. What percentage of those typically on average become buyers, you know, of something like
1: that process? So if you have a hundred people that are there, and so that's a whole system, a whole process in itself, actually having the people show up and consistently mm-hmm. be there each and every day. But let's say that we had a hundred people that showed up each and every day and were invested. Typically, you're going to see, I would say close to about a 60% conversion rate, like it's its about 60, 65. And most of the people who and what we've seen on the front end, so again, there's more stuff that I could talk about here. But on the front end, if you have a smaller offer, let's say a $97 offer where they get a free Q&A, if they will not free, but they get a Q&A if they purchase, then those people convert at a higher like 80, 85%. Because they've already know, I like, and trust you from the beginning. They've learned more and more about you throughout the week. And then now that you're doing this offer drop, they're like, Oh, I'm all in I've, because they've, they know you, but we've seen about 60, 65% conversion. And typically those same people who don't sign up, they'll come back and sign up later. But that's, that's what we've seen as a whole. Cool.
0: Cool. That's awesome. All right. So, I want to go back a little bit to your story of how you got to here, right? Because you, you decided to become an entrepreneur and and you started like growing like crazy. But there's more to that story, so I don't want I don't I don't want to give away a little <laughs> bit. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? So so how how you know you're talking about it was six seven years ago now eight years ago yep. you, you started you created a business. Tell us about that business and why did you get started in it and and what did you learn from it?
1: So. For us, what ended up happening, and I say us because it was my wife and I, Mm -hmm. is in 20, it was really 2014. And with 2014, our son came along. And in 2014, when he got here, my wife said, I'm not going back to work. And I said, that's fine. But we, I I did not make the money to be able to sustain the household. So I said, you got to be able to do something. You got to do something. And so she actually joined an MLM. And for those of you who don't know, MLM is just multi level marketing. Most people consider those pyramid schemes. There is real ways to make money. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, but that's how business is sometimes. And so she gets into an MLM and about six months into it, I said, Hey, you know what's better than one person doing it? Two heads is better than one. I'm going to quit my job and we're going to make this thing. We're going to, this thing's going to take off. And so we went into business together in this MLM. I had no skills, we had no money. And we had no idea what we we're doing. The we had about five hundred dollars to our name, and rent was seven fifty the next month. So anyone that's made it through about third grade math knows that those numbers don't add up. So we ended up losing everything and moving into a basement. And I always like to say that because this home was out in the in, out in the woods. So they you, you live owners. in Oklahoma, right? Is that right? Now, yes, but then it was in Tennessee. Okay, got it. So there was spiders the size of head crawlers in Tennessee. Like, you know, the ones off of aliens. So (laughs) I just, I remember being in this place and I know we're talking about the business side, but I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about what it felt like is. So we're in this basement, the business didn't make, I think the most we ever made in that business was $500 in a month. And we're, we're living in this basement. The, the family who took us in, they couldn't afford us. So I'm having to work odd jobs. I remember being depressed I remember feeling like a failure. There were so many people in in my family made sure that I felt like a failure because I was the man of the house. I'm supposed to provide for my family. It got so bad that we went to Walmart and bought the clearance carrots and pureed them to make it into baby food for our son because we didn't have money to feed him. And that was my first real taste in business was failure. And that was what, that's what took me so long to get back into business was because I was jaded towards what happened in this moment. It wasn't the business's fault. I didn't know that. The, this is something I would love to share. Like, for those of you listening, if you have been through a failure, just realize that you are not a failure. That vehicle may not be the right vehicle for you, but that doesn't mean that you are a failure. It just means that that thing failed. Yeah. And there needs to be that yeah. distinction. That's how yeah. you move forward. And that's what I had to learn was that I am not a failure. That vehicle just failed. If, if you're driving down the road and your vehicle breaks down, you don't think that you broke down and that you failed. You just think, oh, the vehicle broke down. And so it's the same thing here. And with that being said is in that space, I ended up getting a job, went back into the workforce and I ended up working at a Fortune 100 company. And I was I started from the ground like because I had no experience, no college degree. I started from the very bottom, worked my way up into management about five and a half years in that job, but about I would say three and a half years in is when my wife started selling on Amazon and that's when we got back into business and I was not on board. I told her no, because I was so jaded from, from, from that moment, from that initial pain of the business. I told her, no, we are not going back into business. We can't do this. Our family can't handle it. What happens if yada, 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 which I'm sure if you're listening that there's probably been excuses coming to your mind too. That's what happened to me, but I'm thankful that my wife is smarter than me and she did it anyways. And I remember really, she's the one who taught me a lot of the traits that have carried me this far because I watched her go from somebody who was crying every time she would get a return or there would be somebody leave a bad review to making over a million dollars revenue in 2018. So to go from that and within about a year and a half to scale it to seven figures, I watched her persevere. I watched her go through the the bumps and the bruises, me included, like because I was the unsupportive spouse. But that was what gave me the fuel. And again, I would be remiss if I wasn't honest. You, When people hear those numbers, a million dollars in revenue, they think, oh, wow, you made a lot of money. But the margins on that was 10 percent. So we did not bring home very much. We were in partnership with somebody else, so you split that down the middle. You're making fifty thousand, and then after taxes and everything else, it was less than I was making in corporate. So I, I want everyone to understand that that was almost that was almost nineteen thousand transactions to make a million, and it brought home less than I was making in a job. So if you're in a job right now listening to this, don't discredit where you're at, you, because you're in a moment where you can sit there and learn from a business that's already successful, how to run a business before you jump off the deep end, like jump into the deep end like I did and go into business and actually start scaling. There's so many skills you can learn where you're at. And that's what, that's what propelled me into 2020. In 2020, I decided to leave my job in June of 2020. And then two months later in August, The business we were in with Amazon, we were restructuring it to make it with higher margins because I came in with skill sets after working in this Fortune 100 company. And so I came in and we started restructuring things. And then we were using a supplier that had all the correct paperwork, but it wasn't the right paperwork. And so we ended up getting shut down on Amazon. And for those of you who don't know, if you're thinking about selling on Amazon, if Amazon shuts you down, they hold all of your money indefinitely. And so they were holding $58,000 of our money, which is a lot of money. And they were holding it indefinitely. And so what ended up happening was we were about to, we were about to be back in a basement in full transparency because we had, we were running out of money. I pulled my 401k and I had deferred the taxes. So what ended up happening was I was able to use that money up front, but I also had to account for the fact that I was going to have to pay those taxes later. (laughs) So we did not have, I think we had maybe a month left of of money and we actually were able we were trying everything we could liquidation wholesale pop-up shops anything we could and none of it was working and then we found facebook and shopify and with that that's where we were able to transition there take our products that we already had there take the skill sets we already had went onto the onto this platform and we were able to find this golden opportunity because facebook at the time had just started allowing shipping and they had not had shipping before. So we were able to take skill sets. This is where the, the magic golden hour of skill sets plus opportunity meets. And when they met, we were able to make enough money to stay home in the first month. By the end of the year, we were able to help 3,300 underprivileged kids have Christmas. Within six months, we were making $100,000 a month, more than I made an entire year working in corporate. By the end of 2021, we made over a million dollars and helped over 137 underprivileged kids have Christmas. So that's short form, my entire story. But the reason why I share it that way is I want people to understand that it's about perseverance. If there is one skill that you can learn, one thing that you could take away from this podcast and say, how can I apply it to my life? Persevere. Because it doesn't matter if you're making a dollar or a hundred million dollars, there's going to be days that you don't want to go through it. There's going to be days as a business owner where you you just want to board up the windows and shut it down there was a a video I watched recently where this guy was making $10 million a year. And he was so frustrated with his life and his business that he just wanted to close it, not sell and exit, close it. So the issues you're having now, the things you're having to persevere, persevere through now are going to rear their ugly head again when you get further down the road, but how you persevere now will dictate how you persevere then.
0: I I love your experience you've had and, and, frankly, at such a young age that you've been able to to be able to go through all of this. A lot of times people, they won't experience it until 10, 20, 30 years down the road. And you've already had two significant like business challenges and multiple pivots that you've had to make to help make things work. And, And you talked about some really low, both beyond low points, right? You know, so one of the things you mentioned, I think, was really interesting that I didn't want to just pass is you talked about the difference between gross revenue and net revenue. That,
1: yep.
0: So, when did you learn that was important? You know, when did you kind of have this aha moment, right? Because
1: because
0: I've been with businesses and business owners, and the, the, there's almost this, I want to be careful here, almost arrogance or pride, right? Of like, yes. hey, we hit seven figures, or hey, we hit eight figures. But then when you ask the net, the margin, it's a whole different business yes right when did you learn that was important i'm kind of curious you know when did that aha moment came into is like oh wow this is not as big as we thought so to speak
1: well it's when and again it's 100% arrogance it's 100% pride because in your pride you can say i made a hundred, i made a million dollars in sales and so many people will put that on their facebook profile i'm one of them but i'm also transparent when you ask me what does that look like i will tell you that the margins were terrible because and when you set your your pride aside and you you go well, how much money is actually in the bank account? Then you realize that there's a huge difference between gross and net, massive. And I think that really the aha moment came at the end of I think it was 2018, it may have been 2019, but at the end of that year when we when we closed it out, we saw we we were going through the taxes and everything. We saw 19,000 something transactions over a million dollars in in gross revenue, and then we realized at the end of the day that there was like, oh, shoot, we got to pay taxes and after taxes and then after we split this with our partner and then after all this other stuff, we we made like we made maybe forty, fifty thousand 50 thousand dollars a piece. And so when you sit there and you think of that and again, part of that had to go back into the business, you got to have some kind of something to, to buy more products to get started and in going into the next year. So what we actually got to keep was almost nothing It was maybe 10 grand, 10, 20 grand out of a million dollars. Like And and that's why it's when you like that punches you in the face in a new way. I know you can't see it right now, but there's because I have the camera pointed down. But this is actually a signed Mike Tyson picture. And Mike Tyson says that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's what happened with that business is that's why even the business now we are we are not at a million dollars revenue with this business currently but our margins are at this moment because it's just my wife and I, because we downsized is a hundred percent. Whatever comes in, we get to keep it. And so with that being said is I would rather have, I'd much rather have a higher margin with a much less revenue. And this is where it's important to not have pride because you can sit there and say, I made a million. Even when we did, when we made a million in, in 2021, making a million with that is you, I think our margins, we still, after everything was about 20%. So 20, 25%. So we've more than doubled. So with that, we made almost $250,000 that we were able to hold on to. So that's a lot more. We did good. (laughs) Like that's after taxes, everything. We did good. But still, I would rather let go of the pride and say I make $350,000 and I get to keep 90% than to say that I make a million. And it took, because it takes so much more effort. It takes so much more infrastructure to make a million. And people don't realize that there's a huge difference between gross and net. And there's also a huge difference in what it takes to get there. And for us, we got there, but we didn't do it in a sustainable way. So that business, when we decided to try to shift or put the right scaffolding in place to hold it up, it just collapsed. And that's why I want to be transparent in my business journey, because so many people will do that where you just try to to rock it to the moon because they, they think that speed is key and it is in certain areas. But it's not when you go to scale, you have to make sure that you are scaling and laying the groundwork where it can sustain. Because if it can't sustain, then you're just going to be a flash in the pan, it's going to go away anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I And forgive me here, of, I don't know how familiar you are with, with Profit First from Michael Michalowicz, but one of the things he preaches and talks about is his mission is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. And I know... Mm. On the podcast right now, there's a ton of entrepreneurs or business people, even CEOs of larger companies, and they're, quote unquote, always investing. And what investing basically means is they're not making money. That That's yep. code for I'm not making money. Yes. And, investing. <laughs> and, and, and the reality is until you're making profit and then at a, a, a profit of reasonable margin. And then the other part we talked about, your real revenue is your net revenue. You know, it's not, it's not your gross revenue. Your Gross revenue is just an exchange, right, between services to get things, but it's what the net is what helps really cover things and cover the business to be able to pay. So I, I appreciate one A, your learning of what you have gone through. And then and then what you're also trying to do now, which is help to educate others that that there's more to the story and and there's a bit of this this our own pride as entrepreneurs, right? You know, I'm one myself and and you have to, sometimes you get excited about the top line, but, you know, my wife, you know, at the end of the day is what 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 did I bring home in the bank account, right? Yeah. That That's <laughs> the real value, you know, and what happened or what value you've created in, in the marketplace. Now, I'm going to flip a little bit to something different, but more talking about the services you provide. You said multiple times this concept of, creating value, right? Yes. So one thing is generating value, which is at the end of the day is how much cash you're bringing home. I mean, by definition, right? It's, right. It, yeah. There's the feeling part the impact and the, and the stuff that, the this, the emotional impact we can have that, that draws and, and creates people to make change. But then there's the, the real impact, right? The real value of where you actually get somebody to change and make a difference and where they're willing to invest themselves in something because they really think they're going to get a return out of it. Some, something. Yes. Different. What is the difference between value and just ideas?
1: I think the, especially the way that you defined it, I think the greatest difference is there's a lot of great ideas on the internet, but how many of them are you going to apply? And I think that it really does take somebody being authentic. For me, I've spent... I don't know. I've, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on mentors, on courses. And typically in the beginning, I invested that kind of money because I thought, oh, you know, this person's driving a Bentley. So I think that if they're driving it and they're going to teach me, that means I'm going to be driving a Bentley. And that's not how that went. But really, it's the people that you can buy into. It's those stories that you hear and you go, I want to be like that. And, and it's about emulating the character traits. And this is something that I want people to understand is everyone wants to see this, this get to the success. But nobody wants to become the character to get there because everyone wants to just win the lottery. But there is a statistic I don't have it in front of me, but the majority of lottery winners go broke. And how does that make sense? I, if so many people I talked to when I was growing up, I grew, I grew up blue collar. That would say if I just had a million dollars, it would change my life. It's like, but if you took a million dollars and you were living on one hundred thousand dollars a year, you could live for 10 years and then you'd be broke again. So how, how sustainable is that? For real sustainable actual value, what I see is just through authenticity. The people who work with me, the reason why they want to work with me and work with us is because I'm authentic. I tell them the good and the bad. I, I don't just try to hype people up and get their money. More times than not, I get people to a point where they're wanting to give me their money because of authenticity. And I tell them to go and think about it because I don't want to take somebody's money unless they know for sure that I'm the person that can help them because I've been stuck in that position where somebody's hyped me up. I've given them my money and then they sucked for lack of a better term. And I don't want to be that person because I want to stay in integrity with who I am, with who I feel called to be and to create real value. That means I I don't like there's a guy that I'm mentoring right now. And with him, is he came to me, he found me through Instagram. We got on a phone call and I was just going to I was just going to talk to him. I wanted to give him his next step and be practical. And by the end of the call, he was going to, he wanted to give me a high four figure amount. And I said, go talk to your wife first. He said, I'm ready to do it right now. And I said, no, go talk to your wife first. Because if, if you get, if I hype you up, you give me the money, then you go tell your wife, you gave me this money. And she sit there and she's jumping down your throat. You're not even going to come back. You're going to ask for your money back. You're going to try to get a refund. I'd rather you be in alignment together Then come back to me and say, hey, we're in alignment. We're ready to move forward because then we can go further faster. I can actually speak into you instead of you. Me trying to speak into you and then you're fighting your wife every night. And I think that that's where real value can be made is when there's authenticity and alignment, not just between you and your client, but between you and your client's entire life. Because if your client's life is out of alignment in every other area except for that one, eventually they're going to fail. And so for you being the business owner, being the one who's trying to help this client, you need to help them be the aligned person to actually intake what you're giving them to hold on to it, keep it and create, as you said, value as far as monetary.
0: So your business today, and perhaps it's for your clients, how are you measuring success in business today?
1: How I measure success in business today is actually two pronged is one is did my client not only make back what they invested with me quickly but did they actually make a profit were they able to keep something and were the people that they helped the people that signed up are they really getting helped? and the reason why it's too pronged in that approach is i don't just want for my client to be successful if their clients aren't successful i want it to be again fully in alignment if you give me your money i want to make sure that you get success but the people who give you their money, I want to make sure that they get success, too, because then it's just going to be this never ending train of people that are getting success. that want to become more successful. And really, at the end of the day, it's going to make the world a better place. And I think that that is where instead of worrying about the problems of the world, if we can start changing one person at a time or if you can speak to masses and change masses at a time, then they can go out and make change and things can actually take place. But instead of sitting behind a screen and just saying that the world is awful and it'll never change, why not be the change? And that's just that's how I approach success at this point.
0: All right, let's let's head over to the, the the personal side for a bit. And obviously, this has been you told a ton about your personal side throughout it. So this is not like it's not been intertwined. Clearly, you know, doing being in business with your wife, being in the cellar with with big spiders, going going to I think you said Walmart to puree your carrots. I mean, you've had some challenging challenging situations that you've had to go through. But today, you know, and you you've had all these learns, had all these experiences. What type of habits are you trying to consistently do today? to to be the best you can be
1: for me one of the the two greatest things for me personally that i do on a everyday consistent basis is one is i wake up and personally i'm a man of faith so i read the bible and that's for me i believe in something bigger than myself i believe i'm not here on accident i believe that there's purpose in me being here so i want to understand more of the person who created, the the entity that created me. I want to know more about him, and I want to know more about who I'm called to be. So that's where I start. Then, two is I work. I work out. I physically want to get my body moving because so many times people in business I've seen personally is they will be completely out of shape. They'll have they'll have a million dollars in their bank account, but there won't be alignment in their life, and they'll have health issues and they'll be, have issues in their family. Yes, your business is good, but your life isn't. And so for me, as I'm trying to, is if business is good, I want to have it all. I want my life to be good. I want my relationship with my wife to be good relationship with my son to be good. And so with that, those are my first two real big habits. And the third one is, is life is a lot of inputs, outputs. And what I mean by that is if you input, if you take in a lot of garbage, if you're watching things that are not actually serving you all day, then you're going to output garbage. So for me, is I, I, I tend to read a lot of books I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. I tend to watch a lot of business YouTube videos, things of that nature to just input good things so I can output and actually help other people. So that's that's my really those main habits. And then one from one extra one that I I love to do is every single night I try to make it intentional where I spend time just with everything turned off, just me and the family, board games, whatever it may be, just spending time together. Because again, it's it's not just about business. I want it to be, I want to be a a whole person, not just good in one area.
0: I appreciate those insights. I think that's, it's awesome. So now I'm curious, you've kind of described it a little bit there. You have these really critical habits that you do on a daily basis and you try to do evening as well with your family. How are you measuring success in your personal life?
1: The way I measure success in my personal life is the amount of love that I see generated through my family. And I know that that seems so complex. It sounds like a business term terminology, but for me is I see my son as a shadow of me and I have an eight year old son. He's about to be nine. And the way that he treats people is a direct reflection of who I am. And so if he's treating people poorly, instead of me yelling at him, I'd actually look introspectively and say, what have I done to him that has made him? in turn, go out there and output that action. And so if I see him out in the world and he's loving on people and he's giving away hand warmers when it's cold outside and he's helping people and he's talking to people, that lets me know that that is successful because it's, for me, is I really want to be a successful parent. And that's one of the top priorities for me. So the same thing with with my family, with my wife, is I want to see a smile on her face. I want her to feel loved every day. There, I don't want to be this authoritarian where you do as I say it's it is a actual fluid relationship where I'm able to sit there and be with her love on her take care of her yes she listens to me yes I'm the head of the house but that doesn't mean that I rule her it just means that I in certain scenarios have the last decision but nine times out of 10 I'm the one that serves I cook I clean I help and why do I do those things is because I want her to feel loved. I want her to feel taken care of because then that empowers her to go out and love on other people. And that's, that's how I measure success in my personal life.
0: Love it. Very thoughtful. I appreciate you, you know, both once again, kind of going through the whole, what you do from a habit perspective, but then also how you're measuring success in the, in the most important areas of life. I think that's, that's, it's a good story. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. All right. So what is a book you'd recommend for our audience that really impacted you and and changed the way what you what you do today versus prior to reading any any type of book
1: i would say that there's three and Mm -hmm. the reason why there's three is because one of them is one of them for me is about faith but it's also about money and that's the blessed life i think that one really does revolutionize if you're if you or a person of faith, that one will revolutionize how you view money. So the blessed life is one. Another one that really surprised me that I read this year was No Pain, No Gains by Chip Gaines. That one really surprised me. So because I've I've seen Chip and Joanna Gaines on Fixer Upper and their different shows, but actually reading his book and, and going and being able to see through his eyes the different challenges they experienced in their rapid growth, people don't quite realize how fast they grew. Like they grew exponentially once Fixer Up once Fixer Upper became popular, so seeing from his perspective how they handled all those challenges allowed me to see how I could handle those challenges as well when it comes to scaling. And then last but not least would be Atomic Habits. I think that that one is really good. Again, that one is for your personal life. I've got one for your faith life, one for your business, and then one for you as a person. Atomic Habits. I don't remember who that one's written by, but. Atomic Habits is really good to help you start forming good productive habits and start weeding out the ones that aren't serving you.
0: Now, Atomic Habits by James Clear is actually our number 1 recommended book on our wow. podcast. So, so that is a good one. I agree the chip that is actually a excellent book. It surprised me too when you mentioned that. I was like like when I was going through as I wasn't expecting it much. I was like, wow, this is Way deeper than I expected. His yeah. story is really interesting. And he had to overcome a lot of failure himself to get to their success. And then also it was really interesting when they found success. It is you can tell, you feel from the book, they were like, huh, is this all worth it? Mm-hmm. You know, that they they changed the way how they're doing things and controlling things because it was getting out of control you know, and, and, and so it was really interesting them reflecting that part behind the blessing. I have not read that one. So I appreciate that book recommendation. I think those are all three excellent book recommendations. So Steven, where can people find out, learn more about you?
1: So the best place to really do that right now (laughs) is probably Instagram and Facebook. And because our website is under reconstruction. And so the best place to really find me is those two places. And if you go on there and you message me, that is me. We don't have a VA doing that. We don't have a automated bot that that answers your messages. That is me. And I, I leave it open like that because I actually heard a story where this person talked about how they came into contact with a billionaire and they told him, hey, you know that your your phone number is publicly listed. And he said, yeah, I know. He said, "I I did that on purpose because I'm hoping that one day somebody calls me with a great business idea. And the person asked him, it's like, well, how many people have called you? And he said, nobody yet. But just think about that. This billionaire is willing to give away his time. And time is the one resource that you can never get back. That's that one finite resource that you will never be able to relive that same second again. So for me, is I leave it very open on my social medias, you can find me there. You can message me there. You can schedule a call with me there. And it is me. I will get on the call. And it's not a sales call. I, At the end of the day, I really just want to add value. I want to help. So if there's a way that I can help you just find your next step, those are the places to find me and the place to access me best.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Stephen. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Measure Success podcast today.
1: Thank you so much. Again, I appreciate it. You didn't have to have me on here, but you did. And I'm thankful and I hope that if you're listening to me and there's even one thing that impacted your life, thank you so much for just taking the time and making it this far, listening this long, listening to some regular dude from Tennessee with a Southern accent. Thank you once again. Thank you, Carl, for having me.
0: No, absolutely. I think you have a remarkable story. Uh, it, your your story exceeded my expectations as, as we talked through this. I Once again, to all our audience, I hope this is once again an inspirational story to you, of you know, it, it you can come from so many different backgrounds and have so many different challenges, and you can get to a spot where you don't think you could ever make it again. And I think Stephen is a great testimony to overcoming these challenges, being able to do it with his family, together with his wife, being able to work and and actually get to a level of success now where he's able to share his story and help others be successful what they're trying to do on a regular basis. So with that, Stephen, thank you so much once again for being on the show. Thank you. And to everyone else who's listening, uh, wishing you the very best at measuring your success. And we hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.